Hello and welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today, my special guest is my lovely, beautiful queen wife, Jessica Lemon, who happens to be an author. And today, we're going to be doing part two of the money series, and this part is titled Maintaining Your Wealth. And today, we have a couple different drinks. I know that I'm drinking a cappuccino, and I may have put a little booze in it, but that's a secret. Um, I also noticed that my cappuccino has very little froth on it, and I think that's just because I'm very horrible at the froth. I should have had Jessica actually make this for me. Why are you so bad at that part? I don't know. I can do a lot of things. Um, brew beer, all kinds of make wine, but apparently froth, <laughs> froth on a cappuccino is not one of my skills. And Jessica, what are you drinking today? I'm having, ironically, I'm having detox tea, which is like <laughs> dandelion tea. And the irony part is that I poured a little Jack Daniels honey in it. Oh. So, so I'm even having Steven. a detox. <laughs> I tox tea. <laughs> so you're breaking even. You're like right. 50-50. You're like detox, retox. Got it. <laughs> so, well, today we'll be talking about uh, part two, like I said, of the money series. And this is about maintaining your wealth. Uh, the first part was about was called Bankruptcies to Billionaires. And it talked about uh, our journey um, through our bankruptcy and to Jessica getting published and uh, how we're doing much better now. So I wanted to do this podcast to talk to people about what to do once, you know, once you're out of debt, like, what do you do? Like, I, I think there's a lot of really good programs like the Dave Ramsey program where it's like, okay, let's get out of debt. Let's do this. The crisis program. Exactly. Like, okay, we're in, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck <laughs> We're barely making it. We can barely pay our bills. We got, you know, tons of money in credit card debt. Let's get out of that. How do we, you know, let's do that. But I wanted to talk about then what do you do next? Like what's the next step? And should you define wealth as well? Sure. Why don't you define wealth? (laughs) Well, I mean, when you say maintaining your wealth, it's like, I wonder if people are thinking, sure, after you have your first million. Right. But we don't have our first million yet, so... I don't think so, no. Not as of this recording. So wealth isn't necessarily like, you know, um, right. the Monopoly guy Right, you don't... <laughs> yes, you don't... <laughs> Absolutely. There's no free parking. But yeah, mm-hmm. so wealth is... And again, everybody has their own definition of what wealth is. Um, I believe being out of debt and not living paycheck to paycheck and not having credit card debt and having some freedom uh, to buy some things and having, you know, a very good income. Um, If you're in the United States, even if you make the (laughs) minimum income of what's the poverty levels, like 25,000 or something like that, you're like in the still in the top 1% of the world. So the word, yeah. yeah, so the word wealth is, could be confusing because it depends on what your context is. So but on this, what we're going to kind of talk about is like, you know, once you've gotten over the hump, you've gotten out of debt, you've paid your cars off, you paid your school loan off, you paid your credit cards off, then what do you do next? And the first thing I think is, it, it seems very simple, um, but don't borrow again. Like, don't get yourself back into it. I think that's that's step one. What do you think about that, Jessica? I think that's a great first step because it's tempting once you clear the decks to, you know, start 
start back in your old habits, I guess. Absolutely. I was, I was thinking, um, I kind of paused there cause I was thinking it was like moving into this house. So we moved from a house that had, um, less square footage than the house we live in now. And when we moved in, we were like, we have all this amazing open space. And then gradually we bought bookshelves and we bought extra furniture and we bought a wardrobe for the giant bedroom. And suddenly this house is filled with things and it didn't used to be. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. (laughs) Like to draw a metaphor, it's kind of like, so once you've, yeah, once you've cleared the decks, that's... Yeah, once you've gotten yourself trip. out of debt and you don't have, you know, two, three, four, five hundred dollar $500 car payments and you don't have, you know, two, three, five, a thousand $1,000 payments on credit cards or school loans, uh, then you have a lot more income to do something with. And I think, like what you were saying is, I think the tendency is there to, to be like, oh, great, you know, I've gotten out of debt. Well, now I can get a nicer car. Well, let's yeah. get a brand new car yeah. and get a I don't have any lo- bills to pay this month. Right. I don't have any extra bills to pay this month, so why not have a $400 a month car payment? Exactly. And um, there's lots of reasons not to do that. Right. <laughs> so Absolutely. Well, what are the reasons not to do that? Uh, for me, and you know, this was a, a hard sell for me because I really like <clears throat> to have a new car and I like to have... Um, a reliable car, I think. Right, one that doesn't need repaired. Absolutely. And buying a used car, I think, terrified me. So, um, yeah, I think that was a bit of a sticking point for a couple of years. Not that we went and got a car loan, right. Right. but I was definitely, I would say things like, why can't I just buy a car? You know? Um, right, right. Just sort of absolutely, and if your friends or family yeah. or somebody gets a yeah gets, gets a, a brand, brand new, new car, and the new you, car smell, yeah, and you sit in the car with them, and you're like, wow, this is really nice. You know, our 11 year old Murano is is nice, but it's not brand new. And then, do you know what I think got me over that? What? In all honesty, when we started renting cars for vacation, because we go on a mm. lot of kind of vacations that you drive, I don't know, anywhere from five to 12 hours to. And so we were like, well, we have used cars. Let's just rent a car. Renting a car is fairly inexpensive for the whole time you have it. So we just started renting really nice cars. The cars are always one or two years old. You get that fix and then you just mm-hmm. give it back. And you go home Absolutely. and then when you go to the grocery store in your used car, and we have nice used cars. I mean, do. you don't have we to do. have a complete like door falling off, <laughs> <We've> <laughs> rusted those, wheel yeah. well beater. <laughs> But um, we have nice enough cars that, you know, you go to the grocery store and you go, you know, this is a nice car too. Right. But it was nice to kind of have the used car. So, yeah, I mean, I mean I the so. rental car as well. Yeah, I, I think so say. too. You're exactly right. It's kind of like, like what was the, we rented a car when we went to, um, I think Florida one, or we went to Charlotte or something. And yeah. we, we rented a car and it's like an eight hour drive. And here we are in this 2000, you know, brand new, whatever the year it was, 2017, whatever car. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is a really nice car. And you drive it for a week and then you take it back and you're just like, well, that was pretty nice. But do I really want to pay $400 a month for six years to have that right. car? And I'm like, right. no. Yeah. So it's kind of like. <laughs> but the answer for us was no. <laughs> right. And I think the new car smell and all that kind of fades away. Sure. Uh, one thing I, on the car subject, um, I really think it's kind of nice to have, you know, a seven or eight or five or 10 year old car because, you know, somebody dings your car at the grocery store. Or, you don't feel like you're going to die. Yeah. You're yeah. just like, oh my gosh, this like, car oh, that well, I owe thousands of tens of thousands <laughs> yeah. of dollars on. I just totally put a scratch in it. You know, it's just kind of like, eh, it's not that big a deal. Right. So, but yeah, so step one, I, you know, we believe is. Once you are out of debt, um, do your best to not borrow again. Now, 
when we, I will put like an asterisk here, uh, when we're talking about being in debt, if um, if you're buying a house and you've put 10 or 20% down and you're getting a 15-year mortgage, uh, which is what we did, um, I don't think that's a big problem. Um, even if the real estate market crashes, um, and if you want to hear more about that, listen to the uh, yeah. the, the previous one, Bankruptcy <laughs> to Billionaires. Um, you can still get out of the house um, if something happens. You could sell it for what you owe on it. So, But I think, um, so getting a mortgage on a house that you've put 10 or 20% down is, is not as not a big deal. So when well, I talk and about they, and what do they say when you're when you buy a car, it loses how much in value instantly. Yeah, the moment you drive it off the usually, line. yeah, it's like a third of the value, like thirty percent or twenty five percent of the value um, is lost on the car the second you drive it off the lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you buy a car for thirty five thousand dollars, you know, you drive it off the lot, drive it home, and if you went to try to sell that on the used car market after you've had it a couple weeks, I mean, you might be able to get twenty five out. I mean, it's just crazy how yeah. much value it loses. So. But um, so then the second part, I think, is um, and we were kind of excited, like we got out of debt, we cleared the bankruptcy, we did all the stuff and then we had some money and we're like, well, what do we do now? And one of the things we did learn from the Dave Ramsey program was to have a plan and to stick with it. And I think when you're getting out of debt, uh, the budget, which I don't even like the word budget, but the plan, the money plan is very, very important and you need to stick to that no matter what. I mean, we were using the money envelopes that Dave Ramsey suggested. We were mm-hmm. using cash. I mean, we were just like bare bones to make sure we got out of debt, got through all the problems. Um, but I think once you are out of that, once you've paid the credit cards, the cars and the school loans off, you need to have a plan. You need to stick with it, but you also need to give yourself some wiggle room. Yeah. And what do you think about that, Jessica? Because I, I think that's really important because you've worked really hard, maybe multiple years to right. get to this point. And you should have some rewards. Well, I remember when we took the Dave Ramsey class that him saying, when you make your plan or your budget or whatever you want to call it, that plan is between you and your spouse. And so you can decide how to divvy up your money any way you like. Anyway, so I know I um, have used the same uh, costly skincare line for... I'm in 15 years now or something. Right, absolutely. So at the time, you know, here I am like, you know, seven years into it. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I don't want my face to fall off. I'm not going (laughs) to give up my skincare. And so I sort of... Looking good is important. It's important. (laughs) So I sort of held on to that as my luxury item. And I mean, I didn't buy anything I didn't need. I only bought exactly what I needed. But um, I remember holding on to that and... Uh, good coffee. I bought bad coffee. (laughs) (laughs) The true story. I bought what I considered bad coffee um, in order to save a few bucks. And after that was like, okay, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) So we did have exceptions to those rules. And then as you, as we got out of debt and had a little more money, it was like, yeah, you know, I will go to the salon a little more often or, Yes, let's replace the clothing, you know, the jeans that are starting to fray on all ends or... Or buy um, a new couch or something. Yeah, yeah. let's... Yeah, we did yeah. get a new um, couch and love seat, but gosh, even when we did that, we were so um, adamant about paying cash for it that we knew exactly what we wanted to spend, and we shopped at six or seven different furniture mm-hmm. stores 
before we found the couch and the love seat that we wanted and we made sure to ask the clerk if she could offer a discount because of course they always offer a discount for um, you know, 90 yeah, days, same si- as yeah, cash. Yeah, if you sign up for 12 months, same sure. as cash. And like, oh, you can save money because you'll get this. Yeah, and if you've taken right. Dave Ramsey, Ramsey's class, he says very plainly, <laughs> um, it's not the same as cash. Like, credit's right. not the same as cash at all. There's a, yeah, there's a reason why the company, the furniture store, yes, wants want to give you, you 12 months, same as cash and give you zero interest because so, most people default on that and end up paying quite a bit. Yeah, so, so. I remember asking her, well, what kind of discount can you offer if we pay cash? And they had a program for it. They, they don't tell you about it. Right. But they knocked 10% off the whole price. And we walked out of there with a couch and a love seat, brand new, that we still have for $1,000. Yeah. And it was paid for. And that bill never came. We never right. got a bill. We never had to think about it again. Absolutely. They brought it over, put it in the house, and absolutely that was it. So Yeah, I think the... The hardest part, too, is the 12 months same as cash is you end up buying something more than you can really afford at the time. Yes, that's a great point. I mean, if we were buying 12 months same as cash, my gosh. We could we'd spend have spent three grand, right? Yeah, or $5,000 because <laughs> who cares, right? Yeah. You know, we're going to pay it off. It's zero interest and yeah. all that. And I think um, the fun of buying it is exciting. But then once you get it home and then you're paying on it every month and it just kind of goes away quickly. Yeah. But it was fun because we were able to... To get a couple decent pieces of furniture, and again, we shopped like over a couple weekends, um, did all that work to find the best deal and all that stuff, which was cool. But then we brought it home, and it was like, oh, cool, we get to get rid of these hand-me-down couches and stuff that we've had for years and years. Like, I think it was from your mom or grandma or something, you know, which we really appreciated at the time. But it's like, let's buy something nice. Yeah. And we really enjoyed that. And now that, that, um, you know, those were so inexpensive and they're so old Mm -hmm. at this point that they do need replacing. But we have a savings account for a couch that's quite a bit bigger than (laughs) than it used to be. Yeah, a few times more than that. Um, So. And so I'm excited to do that whole process again, knowing that I'm going to be able to pay for it, not think about the bill that's coming. Yeah, not to like take you way off track of what you're asking me, but <laughs> oh no, that's fine. That's a good that's a good rant there. But yeah, so the like the first thing we talked about, uh, you know, what to do once you're out of debt. Uh, in our opinion, don't borrow again. Uh, the second step is to have a plan and stick with it, but give yourself some wiggle room. I mean, yeah. if if you're out of debt. Um, you, I say this a lot, actually, I've got a couple of friends of ours that are out of debt as well. And if you're out of debt and you're investing in things, some of the other steps that we'll talk about, and if you spend a little bit too much money one month, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you're still going to be okay. And I think it goes kind of rolls into the next step, which is to have a, at least (laughs) a a six month emergency fund. Um, mm-hmm. And again, something Dave Ramsey talks about. Multiple people talk about this, but I think having an emergency fund game changer. It is, game and changer. I, in fact, mm-hmm. we kind of have emergency fund, and then we have a little extra emergency fund for emergency fund. And I have a business emergency fund. And, Correct. Yeah. Yeah, we like if if something happened where we both lost our incomes, and we had nothing coming in. You know, we have you know at least a year's worth of of emergency fund, and honestly, we could even go longer than that. Um, Because we'd pull out of the business accounts and different things too, so it's just having that really sets you up. And I like being out of debt is one thing. And I've heard multiple people talk about how like you just have a different feeling. And I I never really understood that until like the last thing we paid off was like I think you said ten grand left on your 
school loan, and it was a silly school loan. It was what a hundred and. $19 a month, and we just kept paying. And it only paying. was like 2%. Yeah, 2.87% APR. We're like, oh, whatever. And Who we just, cares? Right. But it really was like dragging around a ball and chain. And it was. I feel like it was. I didn't understand that. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. And they think, well, why would you pay that off? The APR is so low. You're right, always you going to have 100 bucks a month to send it. It's right. not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It huge. is a huge deal. And I didn't know that myself. And by the way, I paid that all in one heap from, you know, one of your advances. You yeah, got, for, for one of my one of advances, and got, it yeah. hurt to send <laughs> that money off. It really did because, I, you know, I, I don't know if you know what it's like to be an author, but you're paid in like, your payments are not bi-weekly they are like yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't like, get a payment you don't get a paycheck every right. other week at all they're like two or three times a year so you really right. have to spread it out and i just remember <laughs> it being kind of difficult very difficult to write the final payment which i think was a little over seven grand actually yeah i forget exactly i think what it we, was yeah, anyway it was whatever that was maybe another 10 or yeah whatever or it was i wrote it all in one fell swoop paid it off and i was just like ugh, i don't want to do that and i was sad about right. it but then something happened as the months went by, and we were just like, it's done. Yep, I don't owe exactly. anybody anymore. I don't owe anybody for my education. And now I can put that behind me. And it's sort of like, I don't know, like I said, it's like the ball and chain on your ankle. And you just kind of carry it totally around. With you drag it around with you. And you don't realize after a while the weight of it until it's gone. Yeah, I, I think it's a, there's a, kind of a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual like thing about ha- not having debt. And I don't know, and I'm just kind of coming up with this now, but I think part of it too is um, if you're paying that bill every month, it's a reminder mm-hmm. of you, you know, maybe you did something, you'd, like if you're paying a credit card bill or you have a car loan or you have a furniture payment or something, I feel like it's a reminder of something that you may not have wanted to do. Like, you know what, I made a bad financial move mm-hmm. and I've got to keep paying on this every month. So every month you have that, every time you pay that payment, you're just like, oh. Or, you know, you know I almost think like on in the case of a vacation or something, mm-hmm. it may not have been something you didn't want to do. It may have been something you enjoyed doing and you love doing, but because you have to pay on it and pay on it, you grow to resent that you spent as much as you did and wished you would have mm-hmm. made different decisions. And that's not good either. Right. No, I think you're right. And I, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, the peace of mind and spirit that you have not being in debt and knowing that, you know, if something happened to one of our incomes or both our incomes, that we would be okay for, you know, multiple months, you know, maybe possibly years, and that, you know, we could sell something to live if we needed it. Um, it's also an interesting thing, too, um, kind of along the lines of paying off your loan, but also when we spent money to buy um, a car um, and the Murano, and I forget what we paid for it. It was like $9,000, I think yeah, it was. I think it was. Yeah. But I remember like we had saved for a long time to come up with $9,000. And we were like, yes. okay, and we had extra money. And we we're like, all right, we're going to buy this. And we looked and looked for weeks and weeks and found this great deal. And it was totally awesome. And every awesome. Murano we looked at was twelve or 13 or $14,000. Right. right. And we had that, but we were like, no. So we ended up getting this wonderful deal. Because what, we, what? I was just going to say, we had, yeah. we had that much money, but we wanted a savings to repair the car. We wanted a Correct. emergency fund for Correct. the car because Correct. when you buy a used car, something always happens. Yeah, something's going to break. Something's going to crap life. out on it because it's eight years old or whatever. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. I just thought we got a great deal on it, but it was interesting <clears> because 
when we spent that money, and again, even if it's something that you want uh, and we plan for and we're getting a great deal and all this stuff, it still kind of hurts. Like there's a little bit of a pain. And I think that's what you're missing if you're borrowing money to buy something. I think there's just not as much pain of seeing, you know, $9,000 leave your savings right. account. Like, oh my gosh, you know. <clears throat> right. And I think, it. but what was interesting is, and it was a shift for me, is after we did that, I was like, oh, well, $9,000, it's gone. Well, it's not gone because we bought something for $9,000. And since it was a used car, you know, maybe I couldn't sell it for $9,000 a year or two later, but it's still worth seven or $8,000. Sure. So I still had something. And I think that was a shift for me because it was like, we saved and saved and saved, and then this money's gone. Like, well, but you still have something that's worth something, you know, just like when we bought uh, my convertible or we bought the boat. It's like we have something that, you know, if we got in a mm-hmm. spot, uh, we needed money, we could sell it and still, you know, maybe we won't get all the right. money out of it, but we could get some money back. So I think that's... The hot tub, not so much. But. Hot tubs, <laughs> no. Hot tubs, when you buy those off the just, showroom floor. That was just a um, commitment that I made. <laughs> right, right. That was just pure pleasure and fun. But again, and that was, it was cash. It was and cash. And it was carefully, carefully, carefully talked Correct. about and decided upon. And Correct. It was like, all right, let's sleep on it for two nights, three nights. Um, we, we waited a while, yeah. We did really, really consider what we were getting into because we knew all those things. We were weighing Correct. all those things. Well, Correct. what if we need the money that we paid for the hot tub? We couldn't sell it for that. Right. You know, and we went right. through all of our emergency funds and, and all of our income. We're like, no, we really can. We yeah. really can afford to buy it. And that was a huge leap because... We had been in debt and because we had scrimped and saved and because we had had such hard times that the idea that I could pay cash for a luxury item just because I wanted it. And you and I had the room for that in our in our bank accounts was um, really a huge shift for me. Absolutely. No, I I think that was so important. Um, Absolutely. It was. Yeah, it was really kind of a fun thing to do. And it was just like, wow. We're doing something that's kind of frivolous. I mean, you don't need a hot tub. Right, nobody, right. nobody needs a hot tub. I mean, we kind of do. We love it. We've had one for for years, but yeah. uh, but you don't need it. You know, this is totally luxury item. But we had such a nice financial base with our emergency funds and everything else, and didn't have any other debt. It was just like, oh, well, we we can do this. And I mean, it was I just could almost fun. argue that we do need it because we come up with a lot of ideas. It's kind of the concept that where you're trying to solve a problem and you come up with the answer in the shower. Well, boy, we get in the hot tub and we have a million ideas. We have business ideas. We have um, this actual podcast series was thought up and named in the think tank. We call it the think tank. Yeah, the hot tub is called the think tank. So so. it might be invaluable. Yeah, so the money, you know, thousands of dollars we spent on that will be coming back to us, I think, with our great ideas. Does that mean we can write it off? I'm going to talk to our accountant, but I really, (laughs) really doubt it. So so the next thing, I'm going to talk about a couple technical things. Um, And usually in each relationship, there is somebody that's um, the free spirit or the nerd or somebody that pays the bills and somebody that does whatever. So I, in our particular relationship, I'm the one that does the actual physical payment. Um, I, I run stuff by Jess when we have extra money or we have a decision to make. And I actually do uh, what my friend Rob helped me come up with, which was a, uh, really a marriage saver, which was the executive summary. Hmm. And I talk about that on the other podcast. No. Okay. So what an executive summary is. So I'm a nerd, kind of a nerd. I love spreadsheets. 
I just nerd out on the spreadsheets. I put the numbers in and I'm like, look at this spreadsheet. We have all this and this makes sense. And then I show Jess and she's like, what is this? It looks German. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, it's I, like get, I get it. Like, I, I see, see numbers, it. but I, I don't understand and, what that yeah, really means. I don't understand what the bottom line. Yeah. Right. And so I, my, <laughs> from a suggestion of my good friend Rob, he said, well, you should tell Jess, you should write up an executive summary. And I've done this in, my, in the past at different jobs I've had. Um, and so basically it's a narrative. And so like, okay, you know, we have, you know, whatever, $5,000 in whatever account. And it exactly types out, spells out exactly where everything is. And that's really helped to get us both on the same page. Yeah. So Because and, I can just read that one page and clearly understand what is right. in those 3,000 boxes on Excel. <laughs> right. Exactly. With <laughs> formulas and equals and maybe some highlighting and, and yeah. yeah some so different. I think it's important to know your strengths. And if you are somebody who, if you're alone on this journey and you're you're the free spirit and you sort of have to bring your nerd qualities out... It's totally possible because before mm-hmm. I went to college, um, I was the one doing all the bills. And we I had everything paid on time, everything balanced. Um, so I, it is possible to do it. it. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, you're just no. incapable if you're no, not no, the nerd no. one. But it really is nice. No, yeah, you just because I'm the one that does it, it doesn't mean you could. I mean, you could easily do it. It's just... It's, it's just, just nice to share that load. Is. And it's nice to have... The person whose natural strength that is to right. do it, right? Uh, because it doesn't want to make you like gouge your eyes out. Like right? It like I mean. enjoy doing it. Right. Like I enjoy paying the bills. Right. I like tracking the money and different yeah. things. And you're just like, okay, whatever. So it works out well. So these are a couple. The next couple of things are a couple of technical things um, for the person paying the bills, or or if you're by yourself, it's great. But what I think is really important is to maintain a buffer in your in your main checking account. So we have a couple different accounts. We get a couple business accounts and savings and the different things. Um, but we have our main checking account, which is like our joint checking account that we pay all the bills out of. You know, we pay the mortgage, we pay the the electric bills, we pay all those bills out of it. Um, and what I think is a very important thing is once you've gotten your emergency fund together, or even maybe a little before that, um, put a buffer in that account, like put a thousand or maybe $2,000, depending on what your bills, maybe more, depending on what your bills are each month and knowing that that's there. Um, and then it kind of rolls into the next step of where I set up our main bills, um, on automatic payment, like our cell phone bills that it just comes out every month. Um, I think I, I do the electric bill because I just, you know, go on my phone and pay that. Um, but it basically almost everything else is just an automatic payment. And if you have that buffer in there, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I forgot that the, you know, the gas bill is coming out this week or the water bill. And, and you have a little bit of buffer to play with. And if you're out and you go and you spend a little extra on, you know, out to eat or at the grocery or whatever, you've got a little bit of buffer to. Yeah. And I think you're not going to just have an emergency all of exactly. a sudden where you, you run out of money. Exactly. Yeah. And the difference the between, emergency fund is mm-hmm. kept in the savings. Yeah, normally and, that's better to have in a different account and just that, to make it easier. And that executive summary you were talking about, that is a, how often do you recommend? We used to do it monthly, right? The executive summary? Yeah. Yeah, we do oh, that. We still do it monthly. We do it monthly. We do it monthly, um, yeah. well, We never did it weekly, did we? No, no. I mean, well, I think we when did we were trying first, to get out of debt, We though, sat down every week and talked. Yeah, when we were trying to yeah. get out of debt, I mean, we were focused on this thing. Like, we had to get this going. Like, we, you know, we <laughs> needed to know. You needed to know what we were doing. Uh, every time we had money, mm-hmm. it was great. And um, 
But yeah, the, once we got out of that, the other part of it is you don't want, um, as important as money is to your life, you don't want money to take over your life. Like you just don't want to have to worry about it all the time. And that's why I love having your bills on automatic payment. Yeah. And, you know, that buffer in the checking account. And it just gives you some space where it's just like easier to just live your life. I mean, you know, people have kids and people have jobs, people have just all kinds of doing a side hustle, you got a business, you got all this stuff going on and it's just much easier. You don't want to have to be like your new part-time exactly, job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, so the, one of the next things that I believe is important. So once you've got your emergency fund down, uh, you've got some buffer, you've got your automatic payments coming out and then also investing, uh, you know, in your 401k or your IRA, um, or whatever specific vehicle that is. And I'm not going to go into specifics on that. There's, you know, multiple podcasts and websites to, to let you know where to do that. Uh, we do a lot of uh, investing into Vanguard and index funds is what we believe is the best. Um, but, you know, start putting money into that. If you've got a, a 401k at your job and they match, um, I mean, if like different ones will match 50% if you put in a certain money. I mean, that's free money that you're losing if you don't put that in. Um, so definitely sign up for those. Uh, if you don't have that, putting into either a Roth IRA or regular IRA is a great, great idea. Um, and I think once you, you know, once you're out of debt and you've got that extra money, instead of just kind of spending it, and at first you kind of will, you know, yeah. if you've worked really hard for two, three, five years. Or, and I would you know, argue that you should. Absolutely. You know, that you might take. I remember it was such a, it's, it sounds almost laughable now, but it would be like, we're each getting a hundred dollars and we can spend it on anything <laughs> we want. And like, it was oh like, oh, but that was really honest was to God. That was like all the money in the world test than to have a hundred dollars to just go out and spend. So if you're in that kind of position, just know that we were there. We were there. Absolutely. You know, and we went through, um, we've just really been on, on both, both sides of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And like spending $250 on clothing in a weekend was like a huge deal. Yeah. Um, but once you, and not every, you know, it was, was not done very often either, but right. But that was a big deal when we Mm -hmm. were able to do that. So, but yeah, so once you get uh, start investing, try to get you know at least fifteen percent of your income put away into that. Um, and then one of the next things is kind of we've talked about this a little bit, but it's saving for fun stuff. Um, we've we've saved for vacations, we've saved for a hot tub, we've yeah. saved for um, some couches, we save for a, a bunch of different things. Like, what do you think about that, Jess? Like, I think yeah, you I really like kinda, this part of it I more do. than I, most. So. I think we kind of covered. Yeah, I think we kind of covered that, but. Um, I think when we work as hard as we work, you really want some money to play with. You mm-hmm. really want to look around and know that um, you're working for something. And I think it's up to you to decide what that something is. Right. If it's a really expensive bottle of perfume, if you've always wanted to fly first class, if it's that um, rose gold laptop you've had your eye on <laughs> and matching iPad, and matching iPad, iPad. iPad. <laughs> um, whatever your goal is set aside a little account and squirrel that away so that you can put chunks of money toward that and don't spend it on bills and don't spend your birthday money on bills you know save that for something that right. you really really want and I promise you when you get it by the time it comes comes around to buy it, first of all, you'll know if you really want it or not. Right. Once you have the cash. Yeah, if you've actually taken the time to yeah. save. That's a good and point. Because th- then you, when you're looking at, you know, a $900 
iPad, you're like, man, do I really want to spend $900 on an iPad? Right. And I think you'll have your answer if that's your thing. But if it is your thing, then you can spend it. It's guilt-free. You've earned it. You'll appreciate it. You know, it just, there's just so much that goes goes along with that. But I do think it's important to reward yourself. And if it's something little, John and I always <clears throat> talk about how we just don't think, like we don't like, we don't like the theory that you can't go buy a latte. <laughs> right. Like, we don't right. go buy the latte every right. day. We're not going to name any names, but the uh, <laughs> something about not buying a latte every day yeah. and saving that $5 is, yeah. is not... That's not we, really what we're into. Not but real I will say, I don't go to Starbucks every day or twice a day. I don't do that. And that's just right. something I choose. I'm not... If that's right, on right. your budget and that's part of your spending plan, go for it. Because your right. spending plan is your spending plan. It's not my spending plan. But for me, that was one of the things that I chose not to do um, in our during our spending plan. And so the trip to Starbucks was more of a treat that I had. Right, but right. that was because it was like, no, I I work hard. And Absolutely. spending 5 or $6 on a cup of coffee, I would do it and I wouldn't feel a bit bad about it. Right, and it. it shouldn't break your budget. I mean, right. that's, that's the deal. So, But, yeah, saving for big, fun things. Again, like we said, the hot tub was one of our favorite things we did. Uh, we the saved. We, we got a boat. That was huge. Um, and then I was able to get a, a used of, boat. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if able... we were financing a boat, we would have way over right, right, right. boat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then I, instead of getting just a kind of a pract- more practical car, I was able to get a convertible. Yeah. That I just absolutely love. Yeah. So things like that have just been really fun. Um, and then one other thing that we came up with, and I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you came up with this idea. Um, which was the Mo Money Fund. Yes. And what does that stand for? And um, what is the Mo Money Fund the account? The MO stands for Massive Opportunity. So as entrepreneurs, you know, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. John's a part-time entrepreneur. And as entrepreneurs, I think we often come across opportunities that you go, oh, wow, that is that would be a great investment or that would be a great business to start or this would be a really interesting thing to try and some things like the podcast or the website is a very nominal right. amount and you yes. don't need it. Other Minor. things like if you wanted to buy, I don't know, a building or invest in a business with a friend or something. Yeah, buy a real estate or rental property or even yeah. like take a Tony Robbins class or right. something like that. If right. some kind of, you know, big education thing came yeah. up, I think this is definitely in the same yeah. category. So I said, well, we need, a, we need an account for that. So that <laughs> because sometimes those things come with expiration dates that are like now. Right. Right. Like register for this now or they're going to be sold out or, right. or buy this, this ha- building yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, buy Or this house that you found out now. from a friend of yours that's yeah. for a foreclosure. That's a really good deal. Right. It's available for cash now. But right. you can't. Yeah. Right. So you can't we, wait on it. That's a that's something we don't fund as much as we'd like to. But mm-hmm. it's but it's there and it's a line item and we do talk about it and we do tuck money in there for. Yeah, and that's just for whatever. That's just massive yeah. opportunity. If you, absolutely, if you, so yeah. Since it's mo, we call it the mo money fund. Mo money, mo money, <laughs> so that's mo, just mo money. money. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, but yeah, I think that's another uh, kind of fun thing because it, it again, like you know, just entrepreneur. I like to to look for good deals and things too. Like if something comes up and it's like, wow this we should jump on this we should have money set aside to do that and you mm-hmm. you don't want to have to wait on the bank to borrow money to buy you know in, in some of those deals um uh, like if it is a foreclosed house sometimes you've got to have a cash offer in order to get the offer like you need to have money there and it's right and it should be separate from like your 401k and ira and investments where you can't get like those right. aren't very liquid like you can't take that money out 
um, to do. And so I thought that was a really good idea that we started Thanks. putting money into that. And, so. I, and it does need to be separate from your emergency fund. Correct. Like Correct. Last year, our um, water heater crapped out. Right. And that came from the emergency fund. That's Correct. what your emergency Correct. fund is for. Correct. Your emergency fund is for that or for... Like the furnace. We had to put a furnace yes, in last we year. Yes, we had to get a furnace. My gosh, I know everything kind of right, went right. all at once. But um, we had the money had in the emergency money. fund. Mm-hmm. And it's, By the way, it still hurts to write those checks. It does hurt. No matter what, it still hurts <laughs> still to buy hurts. a brand new furnace. But it's but, not like, oh no, where are we right. going to get this money and yeah. how are we going to get this money to do this? We had it. And that right. was just huge. And at that point, that money doesn't go into the Mo Money Fund. That money goes to replenish the emergency right. fund for your next roof leak or car breakdown or whatever. Right, right. But that's... Yeah, I really Absolutely. like lots of emergency funds. Yes. And it's not like we just have millions of dollars in these emergency <laughs> funds. We just have enough for every for every right. incident, you know. Right. For if my computer were to, God forbid, just die and I had to I right. have you to have, have money in your business account that you could go buy. Yeah, one. I have like, to it have a, be a big deal. to do right. my job. So I, I would have to go buy that and I I want that buffer there so that I won't have it's less of an emergency and more of an inconvenience. Sorry. Correct. Correct. But yeah, I think the Mo Money Fund, I think, has just been a, a really fun thing because it's just as we put money into it, I'm like, oh wow, like we have some money there. Like if something came up, we could we could act on it, you know, yeah. and it wouldn't be out of our other savings or yep. emergency fund or anything else. And I just think that's great. So, but one of the last things, and this will we're kind of wrap it up with this. Um, I think it's very important to not kick yourself if you spend too much. And I, we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, but if you have worked your butt off uh, like we have to get out of debt, uh, to get a savings account, to put money in your you know 401k and invest, you, if you've done a really good job of you know staying out of debt and all those things, and you're not borrowing that month, if you spend an extra five hundred thousand dollars on something that you wanted, you know, maybe you regret it a little bit later, but you haven't hurt yourself too much like it's it just doesn't harm you too much if you haven't borrowed money right and i think um like it's just gone and you're like well that's gone so i don't have that that doesn't factor in anymore exactly yeah and i think when you're in the mode of you know getting it done you know kicking this debt to the curb and paying off your cars and school loans and all this stuff i think it's a difficult shift once you have an emergency fund like you know then you're like oh well i got to put money in the emergency fund like that's the next thing and then once you do that, if you spend a little extra money, just don't don't be hard on yourself. Just it's okay. Like it's life. And again, like you said, um, Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, it's personal finance. Like this is your personal decisions. You know, I'm not going to know what to do for you. I have some guidelines and some ideas. And of course, I always have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But is that what's best for you, your family, your relationship or whatever it is right now? It may not be. So if you if you stay out of debt and you don't borrow money, you really can't screw up that much. And mm-hmm. you should just be easier on yourself if you, you know, if you're like, hey, we went out to eat, you know, five times this week because we were really busy. And then we, we had a great day. We went and, you know, we spent, you know, like we on our uh, vacation, we spent $100 on a bottle of wine. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Like if you told us five years ago or 10 years ago that we were going to spend a hundred dollars on a bottle that of wine. That precious hundred that we would <laughs> right. usually buy clothes yeah, just, with or something. Yeah. Show me a hundred dollars. Show me Benjamin and be like, Oh, you're going to buy the, a bottle of wine for that. I'd be like, you're crazy. I will never, never do that. Do That's that just either. stupid. 
But once you've built up, you know, a savings and stuff, you just can't really hurt yourself too much. And I think to add to what you're saying, I think it's really important that you bring that up because I, I sort of like envisioning the people listening to this and some people are saying, yes, but you don't understand my personal situation and I need a reliable car and I have this and I have that going on. And I would just say to that person, you know, don't feel guilty about if you're in the thick of it right now right. and you're like, well, I have three car payments and I have a house that's way too big for me. Right. Feeling bad about that and getting upset about it is one thing, but carrying it around and feeling guilty and not changing it, I think, is something different. Right. So if you're starting at that point, just know that all of us start there. You know, we all right. like mess it up. Like very few people really just get it right, right out right. of the gate. And if you've listened to episode one, um, or well, it's not episode one, but it's the f- part one of mm-hmm. this, of the money series, you'll hear how we really stepped in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we stepped all over we, it. <laughs> we stepped in it, wallowed around in it. Right. Stepped yeah. in it again. Stepped in it again. A couple times. So um, this is just a journey. It really is just a journey. And um, you're not going to do everything right. We don't do everything right. And we just have to Absolutely. course correct. But to John's point, it's easier to course correct if you're not also having payments for a new right. kitchen countertop or um, a car payment or a boat right. if you have payment a bunch of credit cards it's or, just the yeah. stress is just not there and then if you do spend a little bit too much money it's it's not that big a deal i mean if you didn't borrow money to to pay for a couch or a hot tub or something crazy like that then you're doing just fine so just kind of hang in there so so to the people that are that are in the thick of it you know paycheck to paycheck trying to knock their debt out trying to make it better um, just hang in there. And then this, again, this podcast was sort of for the the group of people that have uh, have done that, taken that big step, and are knowing what, you know, trying to figure out what to do next with their money. Um, and hopefully we gave you some ideas of what to do. So yeah, I think it's important to know that there's hope. I think you just Absolutely. feel like, Absolutely. I mean, it took, I don't know how many years it took to really get to that point. Where we were complete, I mean, to where we paid the school loan sure. off took a lot of years, yeah. and when it's that many years, it's really can be discouraging. Sure. Um. So hang in there. That's great advice. Yeah. So, anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so. About what to do with your money? Not this episode. Already. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. Um, please check out onedrinkwithjohn.com for the show notes. Uh, We'll have links to any of the things that we mentioned and some other ideas like Vanguard and Dave Ramsey and different things. So, But thanks for listening. I've got to finish the rest of my cappuccino. And by the way, as a note, I didn't buy this at Starbucks. I actually made my own cappuccino. (laughs) So maybe I I have something to do with that latte factor after all. (laughs) So, Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and have a wonderful day.